0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Matters. This program is produced and recorded by WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio, an NPR affiliate. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Teaching language skills, or for that matter, most any subject, requires new and innovative approaches to meaningfully connect students with subject matter. Uh, One of my favorite authors is Parker Palmer, and he has a great metaphor of saying that we need to connect the big stories of disciplines to the little stories of people's lives, and we have to be constantly looking for ways to do that. An innovative new approach to teaching worldwide English language skills has been piloted by the United States Department of State. It's called the American English Global Comics Virtual Exchange Program and was done in a pilot uh, sense over the pandemic time period. We'll be discussing that program today with my guest, Dan Ryder, who is an educational consultant focusing on innovative and student-centered approaches to teaching and learning. He is the learning facilitator at Overman Academy, CRCS. CRCS is a community regional charter school, a public K-12 charter school district in Maine, the only of its kind in the state. Dan presents at a variety of national conferences like Comic Con and southbysouthwest.edu. Dan, thanks for being on the program today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So I I think I'd like to have you start um, with with the softball question of having you sort of describe this Department of State program and then also talk about your specific involvement in the program.
1: Absolutely. So AE Comics VX, as we colloquially call it, (laughs) I heard your intro and I went, wait, what is he talking about? Oh, that's right. That has a full name. (laughs) um but aE comics VX uh, featured uh, nearly a hundred educators from around the world uh, connecting uh, through the US Department of State um, through uh, this program called access uh, access is a program that helps uh, English language teachers around the world uh, to have resources and uh, mentorships and uh, professional development all around uh, helping learners around the world learn English, specifically American English. Um, and so through through that program, we were able to pilot this idea of connecting those educators uh, through the use of comics in the classroom, and not just as reading materials, as is usually um, discussed when it comes to comics in the classroom, uh, but rather the Actual act of creating comics and how creating comics can help their learners to better develop language skills and also critical thinking skills um, while um, engaging in in forms of expression that that they often use uh, in their kind of their own their own experiences or maybe on their own, but not thought of in, a, in terms of academic
0: learning. When you talk about the use of comics to teach English language, can you comment from your perspective as the consultant about why comics are such a valuable and potentially useful tool for teaching a subject matter like English language?
1: Absolutely. So comics are, well, to start with, I should just say that like, I, I am a dyed-in-the-wool comic book nerd. And have been. I'm, a, I'm a, a for my entire life. I'm in my mid 40s, and since I was 11, like that was what I wanted to do with my life. So um, the language of comics and the ability to read them and understand them and see what's going on is is kind of like soaked into the essence of my entire being. Um, and what I realized as a as a high school educator. Uh, in the States was that um, when I had learners who were struggling with understanding concepts and such um, to put the, if I doodled out a comic or I drew it in, 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 you know, simple kind of very simple rudimentary doodles and storytelling uh, it started to click with them. And what we find is through, comics and and using comics it's this combination of words and language together um words are great visuals are great we always talk about you know if you get to see it you're more likely to be able to do it than if you just read it but when you synthesize those things together then they each benefit from the strengths of the other form of communication um and what we're not able to necessarily express through our language we may be able to express through our images and what our images fail to convey the words sometimes pick up on the nuances or vice versa so when it comes to language learning what we found with with our our teachers because they were all for the most part they were new to creating comics as well um they started to see, oh, when I am not sure what the right word is, my illustration fills in those gaps. And when I create an illustration, but I'm not sure how to convey what I want to, what I, you know, what the deeper meaning is or what the feelings are behind that illustration, my words can fill in those gaps. Um, and then to take that to the next level is the idea of panels. And the the magic that happens in the gutter, so to speak, the spaces in between mm-hmm. one panel and the next and that conveyance of thought where where the brain pieces together. Oh, I know what happened in the middle, even though I can't see it. That like grabs a whole a whole uh, a part of the affect of the brain that's mm-hmm. that is a uh, uh, it, it's. It's like magic, and that's why I call it the magic part. Um, it's the secret sauce of comics. It's it's the gutters, right? It's the the spaces yeah. in between, and that um, fills people with amazing confidence because they're not even aware. Yeah, you know, they're they're not metacognitively aware that that's what they're doing, but they are, and it it builds us like, oh, I can understand this.
0: Yeah, and I would assume that you know one of the powerful outcomes of that is that you know any particular uh, reader of a comic might fill in that space differently, and that's ripe then for conversation about why that happened. Which, of course, if you're trying to teach something, is really useful, right? Right. Absolutely, a hundred percent.
1: And and as our as our teachers in this program were creating comics. They're posting them and sharing them and we're commenting on them and we're like, so what happens here? And they're like, uh, well, um, (laughs) like (laughs) nothing physically happened. It, it, your panels look exactly the same from one to the next. So there's no way to tell, to tell, you know, there's no clues there Mm -hmm. as as to what's going on if you don't know what the words are. Um, so, so we, we taught them from the ground up, like basic doodling skills and mm-hmm. using um, sketch noting techniques um, just you, based on, oh, the work of folks like SUNY Brown and Austin Cleon, um, and just using these like really, really simple six you know, square, triangle, circle, dot, squiggle, stick doodles. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's just a combination of those simple shapes to, sh- to convey meaning, to convey um, emotions, to convey ideas. And they soon realized, oh, all I, all I have to do is, is ascribe like an emotional state. And that says so much. And it's like, yeah. And how do you do that? Oh, two lines upside down or two lines <laughs> right side up. Or uh-huh. you know, like, it's not super hard. If you let yourself go into that beginner's mindset where it's okay to make mistakes.
0: When I was looking through, um, the, there's a volume that the department of state sent me of, you know, the comics, uh, that were created by the different teachers the 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 teachers themselves was quite a diverse cohort. I mean, it looked to me like they came from four different continents, what, what generally are the backgrounds of the types of teachers that were in this program? Are they people that are teaching in schools, uh, English language skills? Are they people that are teaching at private academies or even uh, for profit institutions? What, what sort of is the general background? Um, as far as I can tell, um,
1: because I'm not, I, I'm not privy entirely to mm-hmm. what all of their school situations are, but here's what I, I, I can say for certain. They come from a variety of backgrounds, and almost all of them are, are working with learners who are not of privilege.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they are um, working in schools that have uh, one computer in their building, uh, many of them. They, uh, many of them are, were conducting classes even during the pandemic just using flip phones um, mm-hmm. and text messaging. Um, they are all over the world um they are uh their con- their connective tissue is that they're all connected in some way to um the US Department of State through their their English language learning programs right um so they're all connected to embassies they all have um a a person uh called a relo a regional English language officer who, mm-hmm. who helps them um find resources and connect to programs and guides them Um, So they have this, this, um, this great resource to tap into. And, um, but they are as diverse in their experience. Some of them have been teaching for 15, 20 years. Others had been teaching for four or five. Um, We, we were fortunate in that uh, from our side of things that because they're in the access program, that's a, that's a program that you have to apply to be accepted into. Mm-hmm. So they did have familiarity um, with with you know basic teaching skills and uh, you know these are professionals. They're not um, right. kind of people who are like, well, I think I might try teaching English. I mean, they're and, and many of them are just absolutely brilliant and outstanding educators. Uh, in this last cohort we had, uh, some of them were university professors as well as. Working through the access program, um, several were working in higher ed. Uh, one was working with PhD students who were learning English so that they could um, they could uh, uh, publish in English uh, mm-hmm. more readily. Um, and then at the same time, you know, th- those were in South America. Uh, and then we had a, a, a across Brazil and Peru, and then uh, there were several in Senegal, and they were working in classes of thirty five. Uh, learners, um, and just, just helping some, some kids who need to learn those basic English skills so they feel like they have more opportunities available to them.
0: Yeah. I, I know that, I mean, you're not, you're a consultant for the department of state. And so you wouldn't, I would assume be able to speak, you know, to the policy reasons for doing this, but as an educator, you know, why do you think it's important for us to help teach, um, English language skills across the globe like that?
1: Well, I, I think the most important thing for me through this program and just being involved in the U.S. Department of State is that finding the connective tissue, I think I've used that metaphor already six times, so we'll <laughs> beat that one to death like a horse.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> but but it's it, it truly is about finding the common ground and finding those, those connections. And mm-hmm. There's far more that we all share in common than than we don't, um, and it's that soft, the soft diplomacy they call it in, yeah, the, in yeah. the State Department, right? It's it's um it's not about um uh, getting on the soapbox and screaming about why uh, USA USA is number one. We don't have to do that if we express that. Look, these are the core values of of basic goodness and hu- and basic humanity and caring for one another and expressing empathy and thinking critically about how we express ourselves and the freedom to express ourselves and mm-hmm. you take those kind of core american values that that are distilled as separate from all of of the politicking of it all and you find wow People really are much more similar than they're not. And most people don't realize it, including people who are, you know, teaching foreign languages, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't even realize, wait, hold on. The same things happen for you that happen here. And, and wait, this is what I thought life was like there, but it's not like, you mean the things I saw on the internet aren't a hundred percent accurate <laughs> and, um, and it's just so powerful um, to see people connect. We had um, multiple classes. One, one part of the AE Comics VX experience that was super great were these um, class-to-class exchanges where we'd have um, learners from from one country, uh, guided by their teacher, connect with learners from another country. Mm-hmm. So we had, I'm trying to think of some of the examples right off the top of my head, but we had Learners in Egypt uh, connecting with learners in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We had learners in Brazil connecting with learners in Senegal. We had learners in Thailand connecting with learners in Peru. Like just it was absolutely fascinating to see these these connections and all based on just a common desire to communicate better with one another and and to connect. And the conversations and the topics that they would dive into were really fascinating. Um, It it was a lot about, you know, what are the traditions or what are, you know, what are you, what are you concerned about right now? And, you know, we saw climate change and, and climate concerns uh, raised. We saw um, issues of, of misinformation raised. We saw issues of being able to express yourself raised. And it was just like for everyone to be saying, yes, yeah, no, I feel that too. I feel that too. was was really um, inspiring. Um, but it also, by connecting through comics and, and the act of comic creation to do this, you know, learners were, were able to look at each other's work and really understand it and really understand where the other person was coming from through their, through their images. And same for the teachers, And that like, I can't emphasize that enough. Like to see the teachers have these awakenings about one another was just, just awesome.
0: Yeah. And I would have to assume that the um, creativity component of using comics as the vehicle for these, uh, these personal connections really enriched, you, you know, they weren't, they weren't talking about bullet points on a teacher's PowerPoint slide. I mean, you know, they really no. had something that was, that allowed creativity to take over the conversation in ways that wouldn't be possible otherwise.
1: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that, and that's, uh, I believe a hundred percent in that. And that's actually how I ended up working with the, the state department was mm-hmm. um, because of the work uh, myself and my, my co-author Amy Burval and I did on a, on a book um, called Intention, um, critical creativity in the classroom. And our whole point of the entire book was if you allow learners to use creative expression to demonstrate their understanding, they're going to understand whatever the topic is that much more um, richly and with that much greater facility. And they're really going to be able to use that knowledge to solve problems and express a deeper understanding mm-hmm. than if if they just regurgitate, you know... Uh, definitions or or just answer the question on a test but if we allow right. these these this creative expression to happen it it allows for nuance and it allows for for a much uh, richer um experience for for the learner and then, and then for the educator too to go oh wow you really did understand this
0: if I'm a teacher um, that was part of the program, you mentioned that you know one of the great outcomes of this is that the teachers were able to create their own comics that you know they and others could use. and in fact the volume that I was sent um, provides those um, for me to look at. If yeah. I'm a teacher in that program, how, how can you briefly describe how you facilitated them? being able to create the comics and then get them to um, you and others to compile into the volume. I mean, what was the mechanics of that and how did yeah. that work?
1: So there are two important pieces to that. Um, one was a great partnership we had with um, pixel up, uh, Pixton. I always pronounce it wrong. The first time <laughs> we had a great relationship with this uh, app called Pixton and Pixton is a digital comics creating application. Um, it works super fantastically well. Um, and it provides, uh, you know, the basic templates for creating comics. But one of the things I really like about it is it also provides um, very culturally aware um, templates and culturally aware characters to use, so you can find representations of people of color and of, of diverse backgrounds. Um, you can find modestly dressed characters. You can find you can find kind of whatever you need in Pixton, and um, and even at the, the the at its like kind of entry level, there's a lot there, and mm-hmm. we were fortunate to be able to get into their the full range of of what they offer. And that was kind of the the starting point for creating a published comic um, with with our learners. So we we taught them how to use Pixton, and, and Pixton got on 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 board with us and helped us out with some some tutorials as well. Um, and we guided them through that. And we also wanted to show them, like, hey, just be you know, if you don't have a computer, it's okay. There's some other ways you can go about making comics, and um I co-authored or I, I authored, I wrote the the script for. Um Josh Ailes did the illustrations and then uh Jackie Gardy, who is the content developer there at uh, at the uh, Office of English language programs that I, I worked directly with and was kind of the mastermind behind the entire the entire VX. It was really her idea to make this all happen. Um we wrote a a 22-page comic book guide to creating comics in the classroom, called Panels and Perspectives, that was directed expressly at teachers of English in foreign language classrooms. Um, so we use that and the guides we put in that as kind of a as a base, as our that that kind of served as our our um, textbook, so to speak. Um, but each each. Page in that is really giving you, like, in a you know, page or two, a tutorial on how to do each step. So they were re- receiving instruction on how to make comics using basic pen and paper or whatever you might have available to you, whether it's the back of a cardboard box or, or you know, just scrap that you have kicking around. It didn't really matter. You don't have that fancy tools. But if you have a digital device and you have that opportunity, then you also had Pixton to dive into. Um, and it provided both of those things together provided a common language and a common point of dialogue so that people didn't feel like they were just lost going, I don't I don't even know where to start. Well, we're gonna guide you through, we're gonna take you from the from the beginning. We don't we're Concerned with expressing ideas, not expressing art. And these tools are going to help you to to stress less about be, being an artist and more being a communicator and more being a creator and a thinker.
0: I know uh, based upon my understanding, you've had a couple cohorts go through the program, but the program is planned prior to the um, start of the pandemic and the shutdown. And it was executed during the pandemic and shutdown. (laughs) How how did, how did the COVID situation affect how you were able to execute on um, AE comics VX with the, the various cohorts?
1: Well, the, the biggest change, um, and and Jackie, um, I just heard her speaking to this the other day, um, and she, she, she put it really, really well. Um, she said, you know, we had been planning on this virtual exchange happening in virtual space anyway, but what we were really planning it around was the idea of having a teacher who has a group of students and connecting the students to one another with the teachers kind of facilitating, right? We kind of would teach the teachers to be facilitators of the ideas that we wanted them to use with students. And then we'd see these students working together to create these things. Well, the pandemic kind of put the kibosh on that as every single country approached it differently and all the protocols were different no matter where you were. And so we had... We had teachers who had learners in person for a week or two and then not. And then we had we had teachers who had no, no learners in person. Then we had some that had them online, but only on certain days. Everything was very different. And what that ended up doing was allowing – it really created an opportunity um, where we dove in all in on, on training these teachers to – be the creators themselves and allowed us to really let them take that perspective of a student and say, all right, now, if you have the opportunity work with your students, but if you don't, if this isn't going to work, that's okay. You're doing all the learning. You are creating and you are making, and you're going to do exactly what you will eventually have the opportunity to do with learners. If you don't right now, um, and at the same time, as we progressed, we did three cohorts. So the first cohort, everybody's going, I don't know, what's up? Who knows? We're just going to do the best we can. And we've got this, we've got a great program. We know it's going to work and we know it's going to be helpful for you. And we're just asking you to trust us. And they did. And because they, they put some blind faith into us, um, it worked out pretty well. And as conditions changed for each of them, they started bringing learners in to the fold. So we started getting these class-to-class exchanges. And by the end of it, it was a regular occurrence to have online educators and and students from all over the world coming together in the spaces that, that they set up. And because of the pandemic, because so many learners went online, there was a, an ease of use with... With connecting through, you know, most of the time we connected through Zoom, um, but some of them use different tools all depending on where they were. But just by connecting um, through, you know, in those digital classroom spaces, like learners were used to it. And so they are comfortable with it. I I was fortunate. I got to work with a group of kids in Russia, and it was awesome. I they dictated to me like a comic, and I drew it as they as they talked. And I just would hold it up, and I wanted to show them how quickly you can make a comic that tells a really powerful story. And um, they just would kept feeding me information. I just kept doodling, and um, it, it was it was a a really bright spot while things were getting really bad, um, hmm. in, in the, the winter of 2020 there.
0: Yeah. Everybody was looking for outlets for connecting with others. And this seems like this was a really great worldwide tool, um, for that group of teachers that participated.
1: It was. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that I was able to experience besides some of the exchanges I got to do with learners, um, Each of us uh, had in this last round. Each of us had a pod of educators. Uh, We kind of pods just meant like a group, right? And Mm -hmm. and we tried to connect them um, by uh, common time zones while still not being (laughs) in the same country, so there was Mm -hmm. still an exchange happening, right? So I happen to have um, uh, Latin America and South America happen to be mine, and. One of the most, um, just like one of those moments that you don't know if you're going to get to have as an educator, especially as a colleague, like an international colleague, is listening to a group of educators come to the realization at the same time that they were all experiencing the same things in their in their homes and in their countries. Mm-hmm. That they all thought was unique only to their own experience, and didn't think it could possibly be what someone else was going through, at mm. the same time, and they were all having that realization at once. Yeah, and wow, <laughs> like <laughs> wow, I'm Un- just unbelievable to hear that, and and to hear them, um, and they hear them have that experience and they share that also while one of our activities is they create um, they create national superheroes like like we we teach them about Captain America and how Captain America was created in the in the late 30s and the early 40s and and this idea of these american ideal superheroes and so they have to create their own national hero for for their nation based mm-hmm. on the values that they most um, care about in their, in their cultures and their their countries, and uh, to see this same group of educators connect over that and have this shared kind of like what do we do when our beliefs are are so strong and what we believe in as as people seem to be uh, in a little bit of conflict with what is being expressed as what we, you know what what the public facing is, and it was really something else to, to listen to these folks share their, share their truth and share their experiences and, and to do so with great vulnerability and great empathy for one another. I mean, there were tears shed. <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is a, this is a bunch of teachers talking about how to make superhero comics. Mm-hmm. And people are like, like, you know, just, just realizing, Oh wait, again, we are more alike than we're not. And there really are core human decency values that we all share, and um, and and it and when we work with young people, um, it's it's it can be really um, disheartening when it seems like those values are being being pushed to the side, um, and that's what what was the the common ground for so many of them. It was just
0: wonderful. Yeah. So you know. Obviously, um, what you've been talking about is a very successful program being run by the Department of State for global educators. But if we step back um, to a broader view, obviously what you're talking about in using comics or, or perhaps graphic novels as a teaching tool could be used by any teacher, you know, wherever they're located and whatever their subject matter is. You know, from your background as a consultant, do you have advice on how someone that hears this and may want to start thinking about how to use that in their own classroom, what's a good starting point for them? So I'll give a, like
1: a practical starting point and then I'll give a resource starting point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so a practical starting point is start with those basic doodles. Start with, Hey, we're just going to, we're not going to worry about comics being these published books or graphic novels. That they have to have all this art, Remember that it's about the ideas and the expression of an idea. So start with the most simple doodles. I created two simple characters. I call them box and button. One looks like a ghost and one looks like a cardboard box. And they, I can express all the emotions I need with them and just using little icons over their heads. Sometimes they don't even speak dialogue. I just express it all through their emotional states. And I show that just through simple lines and and keeping it crisp and and easy to access. And so start with that, start with an index card and a, and a marker and take three index cards, line them up and and tell a story in three panels Hmm. um, uh, uh, using simple doodles and start there. Um, It doesn't have to, we don't have to dive into super complexities and getting into sequential storytelling and, and, and all that, which is all great, but we don't have to go that far mm-hmm. to start with. So that's the first thing I do. And then the second thing I would do is, and and this is a blatant plug for our program. Um, you can go to, uh, uh, let's see, it's bit.ly.eflcomics um, or the American English program at State. Um, we have tremendous resources for free on there. There is tons and tons and tons of stuff. You can find panels and perspectives as a PDF. It's there. You can find uh, explanations. You can find our. You can find all of our anthologies of all of our our teachers' work that they've done all over the world. Um, and they all share. They all express their experiences and and what worked for them and what their thinking was behind what they created, and um and that that expression of intentionality. And allowing them to explain what they were thinking, what they were trying to do. Well, when we worry about whether or not we can create amazing product, well, if they can express what they were intending to do, that's often enough. And that's and that's where you really know if they're getting it. Um, so you're not you're not getting hung up on on the artistic side of things. You're you're getting really focused on the thinking side of things, um, and and the knowledge side. And so that's where I would do. Start with Doodles. Go check out the American English uh, website and all the resources that are available there uh, around comics. And th- there's so many ways to get on board. No matter no matter what you know, where your background is or what your your role in education is, mm-hmm. there, there's stuff there that's going to help.
0: That's great. And and just to let listeners know, um, I'm going to put the link to um, the. Department of State website that Dan was describing in the text accompanying the podcast. So you can easily click through there and although of course that website is focused on how to use uh, comics to teach American English. I think that anybody that's been teaching um, could easily adapt that process and technique to teaching nearly any subject matter. So um, you do not have to be an English teacher. Um, to be able to use that and have it be effective in helping you plan for your own classes. Uh, Dan, are, are there any closing comments that you have before um, we come to an end? It's been great talking with you.
1: Oh, it's been fantastic talking with you, and thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, I you know, um, comics are one of the oldest art forms we have available to us. Um, and uh, the, the comics... Um, they're international they're everywhere um and uh if we can get past worrying about what the content of them is if we if we can get past the our like our assumptions about comics or our assumptions about graphic novels whether whether it, the assumption is either they're all about superheroes and they're silly or oh they're only about really dark and complicated things or it's all uh japanese mo mag- you know manga or or Korean comics or whatever it is, if we can let a lot of that go and we realize, oh wait, comics are really just a combination of words and images to express an idea and express feelings. Then there's so much we can do with them to help understanding. And no matter what our our no matter what our subject area is, no matter what our content is, we're trying to we're trying to convey. Um, comics are just an incredibly accessible uh, and universal form of, of expressing a lot of rich and deep understanding about one another and, the, and really the human condition.
0: That's excellent. And um, thank you for giving us your time today. And I wish you the very best as you continue to help other educators in the United States and across the globe uh, continue to find innovative ways to reach students. Hey, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. You bet, Dan Ryder. He is the learning facilitator at Overman Academy, CRCS, in Central Maine. He's also a consultant for the United States Department of State, working on the American English Global Comics Virtual Exchange Program. He has a much more eloquent uh, way of of. of shortening that title. Um, and, uh, of course, as I said, we will have a link that will give you all kinds of information about that DOS program, um, in the text accompanying the podcast. Thank you for listening to teaching matters. This program, as I said, is produced by NPR affiliate W O U B public media in Athens, Ohio. Remember that if you want to link to the program or look at, uh, back, uh, episodes, Go to woub.org slash listen, or of course you can also access all of that information on many of the podcasting apps like Google Play, iTunes, and of course, NPR One. You can contact the staff of the podcast through our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, search for Teaching Matters Podcast, and send us a message if you have an idea, comment, or suggestion for a future episode. One of the things we would really like to focus on in the new season is lessons learned because of COVID that we want to keep. Um, So despite the fact that we're glad that COVID is maybe starting to get behind us, um, we certainly had to change everything that we did. And there are lessons there that we think are valuable. We would like to hear about those from you. So please reach out to us if you have suggestions or ideas um, related to that theme or anything else related to great teaching and learning. Our audio engineer and associate producer is Adam Rich. I'm Scott Titsworth, your host. We hope you have a great day.